0: The OneStream Global Education Services team proudly presents The OneStream Podcast with your host, Peter Fugere.
1: Greetings, fellow OneStreamers, and welcome to The OneStream Podcast, where we explore and examine all things OneStream, talk to experts in the industry, and gain knowledge from some of the brightest minds that help deliver and implement solutions for our clients. This episode is part of the OneStream Solution Series, where we explore marketplace solutions and ideas in and around CPM Plus. I'm your host, Peter Fugier, Chief Solutions Officer at OneStream Software. And as always, I'm excited to bring this discussion today, and I'm grateful to welcome John Rambo and Daniel Iannucci. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Glad to be here. You guys are with the Solution Network team. Why do we start with? What is the
2: Solution Network team? What do you guys do? Well, we think it's a pretty appropriate name because it gives us some latitude. The <laughs> word solution's in there, and that's obviously vital. Uh, we have one giant charter which is to increase the caliber and the quality of solutions on the one stream platform and um, in doing so we've got what i always call the legs of the stool they include uh, giving the uh, status to anyone being a creator and we broadly define it as creator instead of just developer because there are people that do creation that aren't strictly software developers and in that creator uh, realm. We have several things. We first have an annual conference uh, devoted to helping improve their uh, education, their capability. Obviously, let them interact and share ideas, and and then get a boatload of technical content from us as as the vendor. We then have a team that is building solutions actively that will either end up on uh, open place or marketplace, which we'll discuss more uh, later. And uh, that gives us um, the opportunity to take people at, a, at OneStream who have extremely high domain skills and knowledge around a particular product space and realize that capability in a product or a solution on, on OneStream, which is incredible. And then of course, we, uh, Daniel is the head of our solution exchange program and that program is uh, multifaceted. And I think we can get into that more when we talk about the marketplace, the partner place and the open place.
1: Yeah, so I think the listeners of, uh, of the podcast here are certainly aware of the Wave conference um, and how exciting that was to get everybody together. And we were able to talk with a lot of folks uh, who were developing solutions and bringing things in there. For a long time at OneStream, you know, we used to think of you know, all these solutions coming together in Marketplace, but it's, it's not just Marketplace anymore, is it? I mean, tell me about that. Daniel, what do you, what do you think?
0: Yeah, we call it now the Solution Exchange. And this actually launched at Splash of 2023, where we split it out into three separate stores. So rather than just Marketplace, the Susan Exchange has marketplace, it has open place, and it has partner place. And each of those has its own different purview of which solutions go within it. So marketplace is the same as always been. They are one stream developed solutions that uh, are additive to the one stream experience. Open Place are free solutions uh, that are free to download, it can be developed by OneStream, can be developed by partners, can even be developed by customers. And then Partner Place are partner developed, partner sold, and partner supported solutions that go through a f- pretty rigorous vetting process to ensure that these are very high quality, high caliber solutions uh, that are presented uh, as their own separate uh, bucket of solutions.
2: And just to add color to that, Peter, it'd be interesting to think that OneStream itself with its own employees is going to develop everything the world would ever need. Um, There's business models out there that proves that's probably a pretty narrow-minded view. And because we're such an attractive place for so many high-quality engineering types and consultants and so forth, um, we really want them to spread their wings. And the partner place gives them an amazing place to do that from a monetization standpoint. Like a single individual can come into our ecosystem, write quality product, get it through our rigorous process that Daniel just described, and sell that software on top of OneStream. That should encourage an enormous number of people out there. (laughs) Uh, Not all ecosystems have the same capabilities to do so, especially in the CPM and CPM Plus space. And um, so if you're an entrepreneur and you've got skill sets and you understand this domain of which there are a lot of people, as we know, Peter, we've been in this for 30 years uh, that could walk in with some technical talent and build product and sell it. Uh, The great thing about that for our customers is it gives them choices. Like we're not going to be able to get to all the products we wish we could build in the next three to five years, but our partners have the capacity and are already proving that they can get there quicker. So there's a value add proposition there. And then the open place in my mind is a you know a ground where let's just say somebody's maybe junior and doesn't have any branding or doesn't have any name recognition but is very talented as well either through their relationship as a partner or as again as an individual can produce product and get it out on our open place and start to show that they've got talent, which might end up leading to being hired (laughs) somewhere, right? So good career move. Well, yeah, that
1: that makes sense. I mean, the marketplace, having that separate from partner place makes a lot of sense. And I think when I think of like custom solutions and and different ideas that people have, there's a lot of IP that partners have that while we have some incredibly smart people at OneStream, you know, we're not going to cover every you know statutory requirement every country or every industries you know that you think about the intricacies and the differences between like healthcare and mining just from a from an actual um reported sort of financial uh perspective you know forget when you get into specialty planning applications and financial models and, and operational uh metrics and things it, you know you you can't know everything and you need to be able to lean on a partner community i mean that's that's gotta be pretty valuable. But those solutions in partner place, they're different than marketplace, right? Do we the marketplace when it started, these were the solutions, the first citizen solutions that we were building um, as a company and making available to everybody. Um, and they were they were basically part of the platform. The partner place, it might not be, right? You there might be some additional fee, or how does that work?
0: Yeah, there is. So our partner place solutions are sold by the partners. Uh, so there is a fee associated with them, and it's a value add to the customer. It's getting them functionality that uh, they want and it's value add to the partners and those that develop these solutions uh, in that they're able to sell the solutions. Uh, so we do think it's a mutually beneficial kind of arrangement. Uh, and you know these partner place solutions, when we first launched, our first batch of solutions were definitely ones that the partners had already developed and deployed, in their role as implementation partners. And what we're seeing now as we've progressed the store and we're we're recruiting more partners into this environment is that uh, they're developing specifically to go to partner place. Uh, so these aren't just solutions that there was a you know a nifty use case that they realized they could sell to additional customers. These are being developed specifically to go onto partnerplace, which I think is really exciting
1: and I guess too when I when I think about the platform, and you know what, OneStream marketplace versus partner place, you know the three things I think of trust, you know reliability with the platform, um, you know you're using a tool that you know on the Azure cloud with OneStream support, um, pre-built components by OneStream that are that are helping get these these tools out. I think the work you guys are doing, and I'd love to talk about this vetting and validating that these applications are are good we're not just letting anybody put anything up there there's some review and process that goes into that Um, and the, the support that a customer would have when they you know if they have an issue or they have a question and then john i know you spend a lot of time you know focusing on real development and the process and thinking around developing a solution tell me about that like and i I just sort of threw a lot out at you guys right between the three of them but trust support and development um how do you feel about that like what what do you think about those things i mean that's is that really am i boiling down what you guys are doing pretty well here or what
2: Absolutely. And I'll take the first part of that, Daniel. I think most people that have followed OneStream carefully over the years understands how high we treat our customer satisfaction and success, as we call it. There's no question that we don't want to disrupt that in any way, shape or form. So the scrutiny, I'll just say about uh, the process that Daniel will go over here in a minute, um, has, has always had to be high. The reason it took us a long time to get the solution exchange launched was we not only went through all of our legal channels, we went through our customer success organization channels to make sure that we stuck to our mantra as a company of being high customer success oriented. Um, so garbage is not getting out on those, on those choices for our customers. And that needs to be reinforced. Customers need to have confidence that it's been through the same vetting process that we do for our own solutions that we put on Marketplace. But I also want to touch that developer piece, Peter, because it's really valuable. Um, if you think of a vendor, you know, saying I've built, I've built this great widget and now I want to improve the widget, but I actually now have a new audience consuming the widget, <laughs> uh, you are going to draw in feedback from customers, partners, and even potentially development community that aren't even one stream partners to say, You know, if you guys provided this service or this capability or this enhancement to your product or platform, we can do even more. That's actually a really healthy funnel of innovation that comes at us by virtue of us having this strategy. Right. And we've already seen it. And the great thing about it is if you're a software industry uh, veteran like we are, you want people driving you to a higher level of innovation and capability. And so we can't figure that all out on our own. But if we have people consuming our widget and <laughs> saying, I need this yeah. and I need that, it raises our bar. And that's why it's so exciting to be at, at OneStream at this time.
0: I do want to just kind of touch on that vetting process more because it is such a critical part of the process. So it starts with, uh, we have more partners interested in putting their solutions on partner place than we can handle at once. Uh, so we actually start with Anyone that's interested in being on Partner Place has to go through an application process. There's a team of one stream executives that will review every solution that's been uh, filled out as part of that application process, determine who gets to even move forward from that point. Once that cohort has been selected, then there is even more rigorous vetting uh, and approval process. So all of the code is scanned by our engineers. Uh, check for best practices. We give a lot of feedback, uh, ensure that the code meets our standards. Now we do security scanning. Uh, we do scanning of their uh, different processes, their documentation. Uh, everything has to be held to that really rigorous standard. So just as you were saying, Peter, uh, we, we want to ensure that if it's on partner place, it is hitting that level of rigor, that level of uh, quality that our customers are expecting.
1: And so how's that process evolved? I mean, when you guys came in, the marketplace was sort of I- intact. It was all internal. I think there were a couple um, partner solutions. And I mean, seeing the work you guys have done, from your perspective, how do you, how do you see it evolve here?
0: So the biggest thing that I've seen uh, is we're figuring out how to expand it to include partners. And in a way that we can uh, apply more velocity and momentum to it because we do know there's so many potential solutions out there uh, and a lot of partners that are really eager to get onto Partner Place. So we're adding uh, not just headcount and manual review, but uh, I'm actually leading a project right now to uh, grow out a portal where interested Partner Place uh, developers could uh, submit their solutions, get automated code reviews and feedback, and, and really expedite that whole process so rather than it all being done uh, behind these closed walls of one stream you know putting more power into the hands of our partner developers and what what does that mean
1: I mean when you you know are we how are we helping the partners like what are we doing to to give them more tools and uh, support and and guidance
0: what what goes into that yeah so uh, we already mentioned wave uh, which is a huge yep facet of it
1: it was great and the, fee- the feedback too, on wave it overwhelming right I mean it's it seems like such a popular event it sells out every year it's it's just a totally different uh, event it's fantastic that it's great
0: yeah uh, and I even was lucky enough to be able to present a session at wave about how to get onto the solution exchange uh, beyond that we have tools that are available in open place to help uh, aspiring developers get onto the solution exchange itself. So uh, we have our developer toolkit. We have the OpenPlace Blueprint, uh, which the OpenPlace Blueprint is actually a really great tool that I recommend everyone start with. Uh, If you follow that and have it develop, uh, work through that process to develop something, you'll start with a framework that really is, you're already 75% of the way. Uh, It's really giving you that core framework that you'll need. Uh, In addition, we do just a lot of hands-on sessions. So with our partners that become part of each cohort, they work directly with me. They work directly with Steve on the engineering side. They work directly with us to get uh, feedback, to get coaching. We have documented standards they can follow. We have active boards in one community. Uh, There's a lot of resources, and we're, we're constantly putting more out there.
1: So it really is a partnership. I mean, you're, we're really going out of our way to support these guys, and we're not just turning them loose. We're, we're there helping everywhere we can, it sounds like.
2: No, that's a great point to take off uh, and expand on just a bit. So when Daniel mentioned the, the template he described, think of you trying to be a developer on someone else's platform. I mean, you have to immediately understand that there are things like user interface standards. Right. And there are how I store my data and how I lay out a screen and all those types of things. So that template, which continually is improving, by the way, it has not been static from day one. It continues to get improved, uh, gives people exactly that, a frame to put their, their code into that works. And it understands the construct of if you have to have install license keys it has a, a an empty but a help reference that you can leverage for documentation or whatever in your solution. So the seventy-five percent, whatever that percentage is, we're not only giving a boost; we're giving a boost that's in line with our set of standards. So that's a really not just a great place to start. It should be the first place, as Daniel said. And the second thing, Peter, this whole relationship from day one, even in our initial formative stage of this, we never viewed this as hey, come to us and sell your stuff. That was not, Our frame of reference was much more holistic than that. It's like we already have a great relationship with partners and our customers. And to, to manage and continue to sustain that and improve it going forward with more and more of these choices, you have to think of this as a full-blown partnership. And that means that, for instance, Daniel and I get in calls with our, part, our existing partners and our next cohort of partners already that are really designed to say, Well, have you considered this that it's it's an advisory session, right, where we're talking about, have you considered this, going all the way through the entire thing of marketing it, selling it, supporting it, you know, to make sure that they can be successful, because, quite frankly, if they're not successful on top of our store, it doesn't help anybody in the ecosystem at all. And because we have been doing those investments, and we're going to continue to stay focused on that mantra, um, it's just going to continue to add value over time. So let me ask you, uh, we, we're talking a lot about partners. We're
1: talking a lot about uh, OneStream, but clients submit clients can submit ideas and share share things they're working on too, right, in OpenPlace?
0: Absolutely. OpenPlace is designed for anyone. Uh, so whether you're a customer, whether you're a partner, whether you're a OneStream employee, or I guess <laughs> potentially you're just a fan of OneStream, uh, we yeah. want to make it so that you can you can get those tools out there onto OpenPlace, either as as they, you know, help build the community or to get build a brand, get your name out there.
1: You know, I first heard about it, it's funny. When I first heard about it, and I was thinking, like, "Geez, who's going to submit a?" Sal-? But we do have people who are they love to work with the product. They're proud of what they've done. They've they've solved uh, something really interesting, or um, you know sort of a challenge, a struggle for them and they do want to share it. They do want to get it out there and share with other people, right?
0: No, absolutely. And that I get that. I'll I'll get those emails from someone saying, this is just a really cool thing that I developed that I want to be able to share.
1: Yeah, even even some of the stuff our own internal uh sales team pre-sales does when they come in and they're they're doing something art of the possible and they're they're out there, they're engaging with prospective clients. They're, they're doing analysis and looking at the business problems. And I've seen some unbelievably creative solutions that they've developed that, you know, and they're just sort of demonstrating the power and the flexibility of OneStream. And uh, those, those sort of solutions, I think, are making their way into OpenPlace as well, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, to really illustrate this, one of the solutions that we're currently reviewing that will go up on OpenPlace soon uh, is someone built the game Minesweeper in one stream? Uh, so that's like if you want proof that it's about the art of the possible. There it is.
1: Right, right. Well, maybe maybe I'll develop a fantasy football uh, team manager solution. We'll get it up into one stream. Maybe that that'll be my contribution.
0: Uh, I I I think that would be probably one of our top <laughs> downloaded things if you did that. Honestly,
2: use a little artificial intelligence on picking <laughs>
0: machine learning.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it, I thought I think this sort of illustrates like what's possible in one stream, right? Like we could really do, we could solve all kinds of business problems. We can do all kinds of amazing things. And opening up this this uh, marketplace and and thinking about the different ways ideas can come in and and what you guys are doing to support them. I mean, it, it sounds like anything's possible.
2: Let's put it this way. The the variety we've seen in just the first two rounds of submissions from our partners are very broad. Um, Some of them I would deem more complex than others. But from the standpoint of the the point of reference they're coming from and the solution space they're trying to address, they not only are horizontal, they're vertical. And, you know, as you notice, as our company gets to the size that we're at now, a lot of the orientation in a vendor goes toward a vertical orientation because that's where you can really – take advantage of somebody's extreme domain or or knowledge of an industry and create incredibly valuable solutions. And so that's that. I'm not saying that shift's going to happen overnight, but that reorientation of the market to provide vertical solutions means a lot of opportunity, both for our partners, us and our customers being successful.
1: Yeah. Well, tell me about the new eight release and some of the stuff that's coming out with that. You know, um we had a different podcast on it. We were able to talk to some of the guys about, you know, what was what was in it and and upgrading and uh how does 8x, 8.x, uh all those releases how's that impact what you guys are doing? Should people think about being on the newest version?
2: Yeah, it's 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 curious because you and I have been around a long time, Peter, and know that major corporations sometimes have a time lag in getting up on the newest release, sometimes they're constrained by their IT departments and so forth. But the reason to take advantage of, of 8X and beyond, what we already can't talk about, but know is coming, is that, um, first of all, the platform was really never designed for people to build these types of solutions that we described from the outside of the company. And so what's late 7 release and early into 8, what we've done is we've enabled that capability. I'd like to use the term container. The idea, if you think of it more of as an object-oriented thing from a development standpoint, not trying to get too technical, but it was hard to isolate code in the past with our platform. But now as of 7.3 forward, what 8X is exposing is the capacity for developers to think in terms of containers that helps themselves develop multiple products. They could have multiple people developing solutions at the same time and they can contain their code and kind of snap it into our platform, if you will, which, you know, creates uh, less noise and resistance, but also makes their experience better. Second, I'll, I'll give three pieces, and I'll do the other two quick. Second, we're improving our APIs, we're improving our code base, we're improving things that would that are now going to be better exposed, including higher performance. So I can't really talk to him specifically right now, but this whole initiative has driven the need for us to improve certain access points and the speed with which those things work while retaining our legendary security model. So all those things are important. And then the the third piece is that um, if you think of it from the standpoint of what what we call a dashboard in OneStream or our user interface for the most part, the dynamic dashboard capabilities that got put into the 8X release is already, without us getting over our skis on stuff we can't talk about, Peter, but already gotten into the point where we've in a very innovative, very quick period of time have been able to take advantage of what dynamic dashboards provide. And let me just simplify the message on dynamic dashboards. I can build a one stream interface in code only. So I have kind of a low code footprint for maintaining and stuff like that. And so it's gonna accelerate people's ability to build unique looking interfaces, performant interfaces with the tools that we're gonna wrap around it to make it even more uh, framework oriented. And that's what developers want to hear. Anyone who's writing a solution says, give me more tools, give me more speed, give me more st- stability. All those are great benefits for people building on OneStream in 8x right now.
1: And I think, too, if, if you're on an earlier release of OneStream, if you're a customer out there listening to this, you're a partner, you got a client who's there, I think it's really important to get them the, new, the newer release. And there'll be some other newer releases that are coming, but they are the foundation for... What a lot of a lot of this work is going towards, you know, that it, it's supporting and it's enabling uh, all this new exciting functionality, especially around the UI and the interface. And I think that's it's going to be really important. Um, and just sort of thinking about that, and maybe that's another good question for you guys. You know, uh, AI, artificial intelligence, machine learning. You know, we've seen big advances at OneStream here with that. You know, what do you, what do you guys think are And specifically related to this team, what are the most interesting technology predictions or disruptions you think uh, you're going to see this year and maybe beyond?
2: I would say that without question, you've already teed up one, right? Uh, The combination of artificial intelligence as a a general technology, both um, from our Microsoft relationship and things that we've built custom on top of it. Uh, when you mix in machine learning, you get into an opportunity to um, apply learning to a solution, which is a fairly generic way of saying your 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 product can actually improve over time. Like, is a simple example of forecast. What we build with our a sensible machine learning product is amazing. It's In fact, it's some degree so revolutionary that it's hard for people like me that have been in the industry a long time to get their head wrapped around it. Um, but the way I tried to characterize it when I presented recently goes like this. If you're a finance person and you're trying to build a forecast, wouldn't you want 10,000 people helping you? (laughs) And I I don't say that number absurdly because the number of iterations that a computer can do to try to process an advanced forecast that are beyond the smartest finance person I've ever met (laughs) uh, is far beyond their capacity. Now, the resistance to adoption of it might be I'm a FP&A guy and I know how to do my own forecast and I don't need a machine to help me or I don't want the machine to take over for me. You still wouldn't wouldn't you just want that 10,000 teammates just helping you a little bit? You know what I mean? Because at that point, it's like you can say, okay, prove it. And then when it proves it's better. You don't still have to rely on it. You can be that stubborn fp guy that says, I'm smarter than the machine, even though it's out-forecasted me for three to six or nine months, you know what I mean? Yeah. The premise here is that people need to start to understand that these things are not threats. AI and ML are gonna do amazing things. And then I'll just say, because we now have some of the world's largest corporations as customers, data scale. We've got all these creative opportunities for how we can scale our data in the future. And quite frankly, we don't want data scale to be a constraint on people trying to solve a problem. And operational planning and those types of things get into large scale data. So th- those are exciting.
0: No, it's funny, John, because I was I was going to touch on the exact same thing. Like uh, early in my career, I used to build predictive uh, algorithms, and you know the most advanced stuff we had built a Monte Carlo simulation and think this is just the coolest, most advanced thing in the world. And I look back and. What I wouldn't have given to be able to have access to the AI and machine learning that we have now, the the vast, vast pools of data that we have now. There is so much out there. Uh, I think it's going to be you know, within the next couple of years uh, how we even think of analyzing that data is going to completely turn on its head. Well, what about predictions for Solutions Exchange? Where do you and and where do
1: you guys see Solutions Exchange going? Just over the next year, what what are you looking forward to? Either is it the next Wave Conference, or is there something really exciting uh, the listeners would want to hear and get them excited about the future where we're taking this?
0: Uh, I'll start with uh, I'm really excited for uh, how much uh, you're going to see acceleration within both Partner Place and Open Place. Of uh, we're putting a lot of investment into being able to get more solutions out there and faster. Uh, we already are in the midst of our second cohort for partner place and we're going to start to really add uh, some velocity to that so that we're doing multiple batches a year. The same thing with open place, giving more tools to developers, to interested developers, uh, more uh, what can we do from training, certification side, to just make it so that the store uh, starts to explode with all these different offerings.
2: And just a little addition to that, because that's absolutely correct. What we're finding is the more competition that occurs with the partners coming into partner place in particular, Peter, is A, um, there's choices that are going to occur within even solutions. That's a good thing for our customers. B, there's going to be, I would just describe it as less implementation because some of the partners understand if we can make this product more deployable more rapidly there's a benefit in those solutions so if you're sitting in a customer chair you're going to want to engage now and forever going forward uh with these uh, offerings so that you're well versed in them there's a particular partner solution that was (laughs) very successful with some of the largest corporations in the world that should tell us something pretty amazing um, from the standpoint of we're less than a year in and we have solutions that major corporations need to do to run their business. That is incredible.
0: From uh, the store perspective itself, the solution exchange itself, uh, we're also continuing to develop on that. So uh, it's going to, we just added keyword search uh, just about a month ago. Uh, we're going to keep adding to that. So I did present at Wave some of the things that are on our roadmap, uh, such as being able to leave reviews for a solution, uh, so that uh, you know, as a customer, when you're looking through Solution Exchange, uh, you'll have that feedback from other users and uh, have that confidence that this is the right solution for me. If you're listening and you're interested in putting a solution out there, uh, please reach out either openplace Program at OneStreamSoftware.com or Partner Place Program at OneStreamSoftware.com. Uh, let us know you're interested, and we can work with you on the next steps.
1: Yeah, that'd be great. If, if you do have questions, those are that's a great place to go.
2: And be looking for wave three because it's going to be bigger again. It's going to have more really interesting content. Um, we have our engineering staff already rolling up their sleeves with some uh, solutions that we're going to want to show there. So it's, it's, it's an exciting time. That'll
1: be fun. Another great discussion. Thank you very much for bringing your expertise to the podcast today. And thank you, fellow OneStreamers, for joining us. Remember, if you like this content, please don't forget to subscribe. We'd love to hear from you. Questions, comments, or concerns, please reach out at podcast at onestreamsoftware.com. I look forward to bringing you another exciting podcast. And until then, take care, and I'll see you next time on The OneStream
0: OneStream Podcast. The OneStream podcast is brought to you by the OneStream Global Education Services team.